I'm glad we just had a time to pray for the church. Uh, wouldn't it be amazing if we could hear how the Lord himself prays for the church? What does he ask for us? Uh, how would his prayers shape our understanding of who we are and what we are supposed to do? And, of course, that's what we have uh, right here in John chapter 17. Uh, as Jesus prepares to depart from the world, he does not bow his head and offer a silent prayer. Uh, he looks up to heaven and he prays aloud and he gives all his disciples the great privilege of overhearing his conversation with the Father. Uh, and so I'm going to read from this middle section of this prayer, verses 6 to 19. I'd like you to listen for two themes. And those two themes are holiness and mission. Uh, there's another theme in there, unity, which we'll get to next time. Uh, but listen for the first two. Jesus' view of his people uh, is that they are sanctified and sent. Uh, they're here for holiness and mission. Give your attention to the reading of God's word this morning. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them." And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction that the scriptures might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you. And these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. The grass withers, the flower fades. God's word endures forever. Uh, so holiness is being set apart Right? Even more than purity, holiness is about being different and unique. And mission is our participation as God's people in His mission to redeem and restore creation. Mission is about living with purpose for Christ in the world. So, holiness 
is about being distinct, and mission is about being embedded. And those often feel like they are intention, don't they? Uh, People think, uh, if I want to pursue holiness, I should get away from the world so it doesn't contaminate me and build a compound somewhere. And people think, if I want to pursue mission, I should be relevant and engaged in the world and wear skinny jeans and drink IPAs and whatever so that I can reach people. Uh, But holiness and mission really belong together. Uh, And one without the other becomes a distortion. So holiness without mission is not real holiness. Uh, It's probably just creating a Christian subculture where we feel safe because people are reflecting back to us our values. And mission without holiness is not real mission. Uh, It's just cultural engagement and maybe gospel testimony without the distinctness of a whole new way of living. And in this middle section of John 17, Jesus prays for our holiness, and he prays for our mission. And he weaves them together because they belong together. It's actually a little bit of a hard section to preach because you can't pull these things apart. They just sort of keep mixing up together in this section. And so let's think about these two things this morning, holiness and mission. Right? So holiness, we said, is being set apart. Uh, in the Old Testament, priests are set apart. Menorahs and incense are set apart. Israel is set apart. Uh, they are sanctified. They are separated for God's purposes. Uh, not because there's anything inherently special about them. Uh, they are not better people or better menorahs or better incense than others. Uh, God says to Israel in Deuteronomy, don't think that I set you apart uh, because you are better or mightier than other nations. Rather, God is claiming something. He's separating it from a common use. He's reserving it for himself and for his special purposes. And that's how Jesus talks about the church in this section. Uh, It starts with the Father setting us apart and giving us to the Son. You see that in verse 6. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Uh, The church is the Father's gift to the Son in eternity. Uh, The church often does not look like an amazing gift, Uh, but Jesus says that's what it is. We are a community taken out of the world and given by the Father to the Son. Uh, That holiness which begins in eternity becomes real in our lives as we respond to God's claim on us in faith by keeping his word. In verses 6 to 8, Jesus says things like, I've given them your word, they've kept your word, they've come to know me, they've believed me. Uh, So there's divine choice But there's also real human response that happens in time. We keep the word, which makes us different from the world. Uh, But even that human response, as real and as important it is, it's the fruit of Christ's work. And so if you look down to the end of the section that we read at verse 19, Jesus says, For their sake I consecrate or sanctify myself, 
that they also may be sanctified in truth. Jesus doesn't sanctify himself in the sense that he needs to work on his personal holiness. Uh, He says, for them I sanctify myself. Jesus sets himself apart to go to the cross for the sake of his people. He has to completely separate himself from the thinking of the world and the values of the world and the agenda of the world. And he has to separate himself to God to do the Father's will. And that's what real holiness is, by the way, before it's ever, uh, you know, an, an action, sort of an ethical thing. I will do this. I won't do that. It's a single-minded devotion to God. And Jesus sets himself apart to go to the cross so that we may be people who are truly set apart to God. Uh, And now that Jesus is going away, he prays to the Father for the ongoing holiness and distinctness of his disciples. And he says it in a variety of ways in this section. Uh, In verse 11 he says, keep them in your name. God's name is his character. It's a way of saying, keep them uh, reflecting your holiness. In verse 15 he says, Keep them from the evil one. That's the same thing, but now expressed as a negative. Um, Keep them from the one who wants to destroy holiness and distinction. In verse 17, he says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. By your word, take them and set them apart and make them holy. Uh, Now, I just want to highlight here Jesus' careful and balanced view of holiness in verses 15 and 16. That he expects both attachment to and detachment from the world. So in verse 15, he says, here we go, verse 15, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Jesus does not pray, get my disciples out of this place. He doesn't pray, take them home where there's no suffering or sickness or persecution or grief or disappointment or loss. Uh, We are to continue to remain in the world and work and marry and shop at Costco and watch the Mariners lose. Then in verse 16, Jesus says, I have, sorry, verse 16, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. So we are not taken from the world. We remain in the world, but Jesus says we are not of the world. We are not ruled and governed by the world because we've been called out of the world. And of course, you know uh, maybe that that word church, ecclesia, just means to be called out. We are called out from the world because we have a different set of values like Jesus does. Uh, So when you look at verses 15 and 16, it becomes really clear uh, that the holy separation that Jesus is talking about is not geographic. It's not moving to Idaho or Montana or Texas to live in a Christian commune and get away from the people and the politics that maybe you don't like. We are to be separate from sin Paul in Romans 12 says, we're not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing 
of our minds. And I think that we just need to lament uh, that the church in our days suffers from a lack of holiness, a lack of distinction from the world. So, same materialism and love of wealth, same consumerism, uh, same commitment to peace and comfort, same definition of success. And this has been true for a while now, but you know my opinion on this, uh, that this is now even more true after the perfect storm of 2020, 2021, and, uh, you know, the pandemic and race and Christian nationalism, right? And now what do we see in the church? Often the same commitment to guarding my rights and freedoms over serving other people. Uh, the same indifference or maybe even more to the needs of the marginalized or the oppressed. The same tribalism, the same view of power. Our team needs to win whatever the cost, whatever the methods. Uh, we need to hear Jesus pray for us to be sanctified, to be set apart by the word of truth, to have a different operating manual than the world does. Which brings us to Jesus' other concern in his prayer, which is mission. Because no sooner does Jesus sort of separate us from the world than he sends us back into the world as ambassadors and witnesses and messengers. Uh, why is it that Jesus does not pray that God would take the disciples out of the world? Uh, and it's because what Jesus primarily leaves behind in the world is not a book. It's not the Bible, it's not Burkhoff's Systematic Theology, uh, it's not even the PCA Book of Church Order. What he leaves in the world is a community, a community to fulfill his mission, uh, a community that Paul describes as a collection of nobodies who don't have any special graces or any special powers, who are not necessarily even better than other people, but they have been set apart for a specific purpose for God's mission. Uh, and I think that Jesus is leaving a community for the, wor for the world explains what, at least for me, is kind of a troubling verse in this passage. And it's verse 9 where Jesus says, uh, I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me. So imagine if you told me about people who don't know God and need his help and his grace, and I said, well, I am not praying for those people. Uh, that would make me seem kind of heartless, wouldn't it? Uh, and I think Jesus is actually saying something here that we all understand and we actually all even do. Because if you tell me about these people and I say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to pray for them I'm going to pray for you. You know what I'm saying. You know that I don't mean I am praying for you over against them because I don't like them. You know that I'm saying I'm praying for you to be a blessing to them. I'm going to pray for you to help them and to be an instrument in the Redeemer's hands for them and to manifest God to them. And so Jesus doesn't pray for the world because he's doing something else. He's sanctifying and leaving his disciples in the world. And he's praying for their mission. 
And that's what actually we get in verses 10 and 11 right after that comment in verse 9. Jesus says, mine are yours, yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world. So if Jesus is no longer in the world, how is anybody going to see the glory of Jesus? And Jesus says, I am glorified in them, so other people can see it. And that's why I'm praying for them to be sanctified. Uh, it's like that comment, it's like our meditation verse this morning, Matthew five sixteen. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Uh, So when Jesus doesn't pray for the world, it doesn't mean he doesn't care about the world. Uh, John 4, he's the savior of the world. John 3, God loves the world. But how does Jesus express that love for the world? Not just in his death, but in in his ongoing mission of the disciples. Mission expresses the heart of Jesus and the Father And Jesus says this plainly in our text in verse 18. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Uh, Jesus was on a mission. Uh, He regularly refers to the Father as the Father who sent me or the one who sent me. And that mission is not over when Jesus dies or when he rises or when he ascends into heaven. The mission carries on even when Jesus is gone because his disciples are his messengers to the world. Uh, We move toward the world with a message. Uh, It's not a message about us. It's not a message about moral improvement. It's not a message that is sociological or political or economic, though it certainly has implications for all of those things. It's a message about God. It's a message about the gospel of God his pardon and his forgiveness. Uh, It's a message about the grace of God, his free and unmerited love and favor. Uh, The world doesn't believe in grace. Uh, And based on their behavior lately, a lot of Christians don't either. Uh, But that is the purpose for which we have been set apart. Uh, So holiness and mission mean sharing God's heart for the world. Uh, Let's put it this way. Uh, We don't love the ways of the world. That's holiness. But we do love the world. That's mission. And that last point is important. We love the world. People made in God's image who need to find their way back to him. Our mission is to display Jesus' love to other people through our love. Uh, And uh, the world will never see the love of Jesus if we show Christian anger or Christian snark. Uh, there, there are sometimes people who think, uh, if I'm snarky enough or passive-aggressive enough or I post that brutal meme on Facebook, the world will come running and say, where is water so that I may be baptized? Uh, I've said before, I've never yet met someone who said, Christians seem so angry, I'd love to know more about their Savior. Uh, It's unbefitting for Christians who claim to have a message from God about his love for the world to distance themselves from the quality of loving the world that God has. Uh, To have hard and unforgiving attitudes and prejudice and intolerance and 
apathy, and the like. Uh, If you hate what God loves, you cannot be well-suited to be his missionary. Uh, So what is your mission in life? This sort of goes back to uh, to last week, too. We we said, really, what is our purpose in life? It's to glorify God. Uh, What is your mission in life? Is your mission uh, to have a place where you are completely comfortable? Uh, Is your mission to be looking out for number one and not get involved with a dirty, sinful world that you live in. Imagine if Jesus had that attitude. I'm not going there to be with those people. Uh, Or maybe I should ask it this way. Uh, Holiness and mission are Jesus' concerns in this prayer. What are our concerns? Uh, What makes us passionate? What outcomes matter the most to us? Political outcomes, family outcomes, health outcomes, economic outcomes. Uh, It's not wrong to want or even care about these things. Uh, We have something bigger. We have something more enduring. Uh, We have a holy mission. Uh, Look at what Jesus says in verse 13 about what happens as we pursue this holy mission. He says in verse 13, uh, I am coming to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Do you you want the joy of Jesus? Uh, Be a part of his holy mission. Uh, Jesus wants you to be holy. He wants you to be sent because he's seeking your joy. And so let's say that this morning. Uh, Jesus sanctified himself on the cross to sanctify me, uh, I want to be holy so I can be part of God's mission and experience true joy. Amen? Let's pray.